It is the Frank and Friends Show. Hi there, I'm Frank Murphy. And I'm Kira Cup. How delightful that you are here filling in for my friend Catherine Frady. I'm glad to be here. And look at you. You're, it's like Easter already with you. Yeah, I love Easter. I love the spring and all the colors and all the just the happy memories that you get to create. Yeah, nice. Well, I'm glad that you're here with us as, uh, as we get closer to Easter. And, of course, we are especially delighted that you're watching or listening and sharing and subscribing, telling your friends, especially about our YouTube channel. Just before we started, I mentioned... Um, that uh, I'm meeting Chef Adam Ragusia, who's a famous YouTuber, and he's got like 1.8 million subscribers. And <laughs> Will you get his autograph for me? Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Whereas, uh, you know, we're still trying to get to our first thousand so we can start to monetize the channel, and Adam's on there talking on his videos about, well, you know, I was able to buy this camera because it helped me make more videos, which means more money for my family. You know, and he's honest about it. He's, yeah. it's, he's making a, a good living uh, at that. So I'm very excited to talk to him about it. But I'm not there yet. We can use your help by, uh, instead of just watching it through the Facebook app, click open YouTube app and go and uh, hit the subscribe button and maybe ring the bell for notifications. Smash that button, as we would say. It, it's, it, oh, I got to smash the button. Thank you. Sorry. Oh, you do it louder than, than Freddie does. That's... I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Torture you. <laughs> Yeah, last, time, last time you were torturing me with that whisper talk, and now you're ringing the bell. Just don't do them both at the same time. I'm an evil person. Because <laughs> I can just imagine. <laughs> what would you do? Talk like this. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's too much. Too much for my ears. <laughs> uh, we also, I would love for you to try some of our Frank and Friends show merch. We've got all sorts of drinkware whether it's the wine goblets, it's the coffee mugs, it's the pint glasses, we have uh, clothing, there's shirts and hoodies, uh, there's bucket hats. It's really high quality, too. I can feel it. Like it's, yeah. It doesn't look like it's going to chip easy or anything, and you can drink your water. Do you remember right? those guys that we used to um, look who had, the, the, had a very successful YouTube channel up in the Smokies? Well, I, I, when I started up this YouTube channel, I was looking around at successful YouTubers trying to figure out what can I do that they do that works. And one of the things I did was I looked at their merch company, and it's the same one. So that's why I, I went with this one. I got the print made. I got the beach towel. I got this. got the hoodies and things like that. And I was impressed with the quality of the actual physical material. And then my friend Bean, who has an enormously successful podcast called uh, Cup of Tea in a Chat with Allie and Bean. And there's is a subscription podcast. You actually pay them to hear oh, it. Nice. I'm going with the advertising supported model, trying to get a thousand YouTube subscribers. The old fashioned way. Well, <laughs> I mean, Bean already had a, and, and deservedly so, has a large fan base from his days on KROQ in Los Angeles. So, Good, but they also went with the same merch company. Is the point I was trying to make? Okay. Because he had bought one of our shirts and liked it, so when he started up his podcast, they went with the same merch company, and they've been very pleased with the quality. It's very great quality. So anyway, um, FrankandFriendsShow.com/store. What? I was just saying it's great quality. Did you do that ASR? What is it called? ASMR. Were you still doing it? Sure. Oh, stop. That's just, that's, I don't know why that creeps me out so much. <laughs> makes the hair on your neck stand up. <laughs> well, uh, Easter is around the corner, and um, I, I love Easter, of course. I mean, because Marshmallow Peeps, you know, have been a favorite of mine since childhood. You and Peeps, you've always loved Peeps. I've always loved Peeps. I remember we used to just bring them to you, and you'd yeah. get so excited. Well, today, 
it to being is significant to me in a way because um, it's sort of my 20 year anniversary in Knoxville. Congratulations! Because what ha- the way and the date exactly doesn't match, but the Tuesday before Easter is what I mean. So I've actually got I can celebrate two different ways this anniversary. In 2002, uh, on the Tuesday before Easter, so the Tuesday of Holy Week, I flew to Knoxville so that I could have an on-air audition with Phil Williams and be his co-host, Phil and Murphy in the Morning, was what we eventually called it after I got the job. Spoiler alert, I moved here. So um, two things happened of significance. Number one was on the audition show. I was on the air with him on Wednesday of Holy Week and then Thursday of Holy Week, so Holy Thursday. We did a bit where I tried to put as many marshmallow peeps in my mouth as possible live on the air, and uh, that, I think, helped push me over to get the job. All because you put peeps in your mouth. Yeah, and then we ended up doing the bit again the following Easter after I'd already worked there, and I've got some disgusting pictures of that, but at least I was already working there. I got the job, right? So um, this trip to Knoxville during Holy Week was significant because of the Marshmallow Peeps, because of the on-air audition, and also because the Tuesday night is, as I don't know, if I say to you, guess what I'm doing on Tuesday night? What might you think of? Attending to your fig trees. Oh, that's such a good thing. No, <laughs> Tuesday is my improv night. Oh, yeah, the... Um, uh, Einstein Simplified. Yes, I, my mind blanked. Well, you've seen us perform at the Gatlinburg Improv Fest. If I need you to come out and see us now I want at to. Scruffy City Hall. Um, if I come tonight, why don't you? Okay. So Tuesday nights are improv nights, but back 20 years ago, I, believe it or not, I don't think Google existed, but... Um, that's I weird look- to think about. I looked it up on Yahoo or whatever the thing was. Before I, I flew from California to Knoxville, I looked up online to see if there was improv in East Tennessee. And sure enough, Einstein Simplified comes up as Knoxville's improv troupe. And I had just taken a class out in uh, Burbank. I took improv for ages 13 and up. <laughs> Which is funny <laughs> because I was up. And... Um, I was interested in learning more about improv. And so I arrive in Knoxville on a Tuesday afternoon, and I stay in the hotel on the top of Summit Hill, which is now the Crown Plaza, but was something else then. Uh, maybe the, I don't know what it was called, not the Hyatt Regency, whatever it was, doesn't matter. It was, it was that ho- the same hotel, different name. And I've learned that there's an improv show in the old city at this bar called Manhattan's, which you wouldn't know that one. It's now called Boyd's Jig and Reel. Yeah. It's on the corner in old in uh, the old city. Well, Einstein Simplified had a show every Tuesday night. Going back, I mean, the, the troupe's been around since 1994. So this is now uh, 2002. So eight years the troupe's been around doing these shows every week. I go and I watch it. My first night in town. And I think, this is cool. I could see myself coming back here to see these guys again if I get the job and if I move here and all the things. So... As we just gave away the ending, um, I, I ate the peeps, I got the job, I moved here, and uh, June 1st of 2002, I auditioned for Einstein Simplified and got in. How, so I want to see you do something improvised right now. Okay. So, so one way we do that is, is you have to, one example, one easy example, is you give the improviser any word at all. And it can be a noun or a verb or whatever. Usually we say, give me a noun. And then there's a a game where one of the improvisers has to go out to the front and deliver an 
impromptu speech, you know, an extemporaneous speech or monologue about the noun, and then the others are listening, and then maybe they'll come out and act it out and do funny bits about it. So that's one thing you can always do on, on the spot. Or have I ever done the one word at a time with you? You have. That's hard, isn't it? It is hard. I, so it's up to you. You want to try? I want to do the first one because I right. have a great one for you. Okay, okay. So here we go. Kira is going to challenge me to uh, give an extemporaneous talk. Let's do one on venues. Venues. Well, if it weren't for venues, I wouldn't be married, if you want to get right down to it. Because when I first moved to Northern Virginia many years ago... <laughs> The uh, my mom thought I should get a job at Sears because it was just opening up at the mall. But someone else suggested, I don't know if it was my mom or my dad, said, you know, there's this venue called Wolf Trap Farm Park for the Performing Arts. It's a national park where the National Symphony plays in the summer and they put on ballets and operas, but they also have rock and roll shows and pop shows and all sorts of amazing famous people have performed at Wolf Trap. So I went over there. And I applied for a job, and it turns out that the guy hired college kids almost exclusively to work in the box office because they were available for the summer, and you would work four days a week, ten hours a day. So you had a three-day weekend. That's nice. So it was. So I made these lifelong friends by working at Wolf Trap uh, and selling tickets for all these different classical and pop shows and rock shows, and you know things like that. Anyway, everything from Tony Orlando to Aida to um, I mean, nowadays, there's so many famous bands you've heard of will play at Wolf Trap. It's normal. Well, uh, the place burned down. So this is, I, I, I've lost the job. It's, it's burned. It's cinders. It's nothing. It's nothing left. And I go to work at a bank, and I'm trying to figure out what to do. Uh, they're going to talking about putting up a temporary structure while they rebuild the place. And at this point, the people at the bank used to tell me, you should be on the radio when I was talking through the microphone to the drive through window, the customers would say, why don't you get a job on the radio? I'm like, I, uh, sure. <laughs> well, anyway, I get a job in radio. Uh, they eventually start to rebuild Wolf Trap. My future wife gets a job in the box office, and like I had. And I have a radio event that requires people to come and I need to fill a venue, a venue called the Wax Museum in downtown uh, Washington, D.C. It's a former wax museum that became a bar slash concert venue. And I said, called the older venue, Wolf Trap, and said, bring all the new people. I need to fill the seats in this because I'm an intern at this big radio station. And if I can make this event a success, maybe they'll hire me on. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It worked. Not only did I meet my wife under the Neil Armstrong uh, wax figure, but... (laughs) (laughs) But um, I, I succeeded at the internship got hired as the assistant promotions director and then moved up to morning show producer and all the other things. Um, and that was the... So, venues. Okay. How's that? That's good. You want to try one? Oh, gosh. Wait, was that a true story or was that... Oh, that was all true. Okay. I was about to be like... Okay. And that's the... When you get to be <laughs> my uh, experience level, let's say. Okay. <laughs> I probably have a true story about almost anything. I mean, I've been to all 50 states, and I could, you could name a state, and I would have, oh, well, let me tell you about the time I went to Idaho. You know, whatever it is, you know? You're a book of random knowledge. Yeah. So if I were to try one on you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to try, well, since Easter's coming up, maybe I'll go easy on you. Okay. If I were to say jelly bean, 
Okay. Now you can take that any way you want, but go. Okay. So like a speech or like a yeah. story? It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. I gave you a true one because that was easier for me and I thought it was a fun. And I, when I think of venue, I think of, well, that's how I met my wife. Okay. So that rings deep. I mean, you hit, you hit like a nerve with that word. Okay. If you had picked some other random word like jelly bean, I could, you know, we could talk about a person named jelly bean or I could talk about just some other nonsense about, you know. Jelly beans. Yeah. I, I, I did a... Um, I went to visit an improv group in Frederick, Maryland one time for my birthday, and my daughter contacted them and said, it's his birthday, you should bring him on stage. And they're like, oh, no. So they bring me down there, and it was one of these things, all right, they give him a noun, and he's got to give an extemporaneous speech. They're kind of seeing if he's, you know, we'll see if he can do it. Yeah. And it was some fruit or vegetable, you know, pineapple or whatever. Anyway, I just made up something, because that was, I didn't have any emotional connection to the word like I did with venue. So... So That's, now I have to find a connection with jelly bean. Well, I mean, I can give you a different word, but I mean, no, jelly I bean's this. a good word. All right, I can here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, cure a cup on jelly bean. Jelly beans are not vegan <laughs> because they have sugar in them. And sugar, like regular processed sugar, is made with animal bones. And like that's how they process no. it. It's true. It sounds like you're talking about marshmallows. That too, but like, I wasn't a vegan until last year. I was a vegetarian for oh, my whole all right, life. All right. And then I found out about the sugar thing, and then I had to completely change my way of eating because sugar is literally in everything, including jelly beans, but they do make vegan jelly beans. It's hard to find them. It's hard to eat them, I imagine, too. <laughs> They're delicious. They are? Yes. You need to come back with some vegan jelly beans after Easter. I need to taste a... I will. So what's will in your vegan them. Easter basket? I did get a vegan carrot cake for Easter. You know, actually, the thing about you is you're the person who actually eats the Easter grass. I am. <laughs> that was a joke. Well, I, I no. have tried grass before. I mean, you put real probably put real grass in your Easter basket. I would. I would totally or do Or bean that. sprouts or some other... Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything else on jelly beans? Um... So, for Christmas one year, my family, before I was vegan, got (laughs) one of those Bean Boozled Jelly Bean Games, where it's like, there's two different beans, one may be like toasted marshmallow, or it could be like Dirty Diaper. Oh, is this like the Birdie Bots from um, um, Harry Potter, the gross flavored jelly beans? Yes. Ew. Yeah, they're nasty, so... yeah. Yeah. No, I I, um, I I stopped. I can't eat those gross ones. I don't want to. So I went back to like the old school, old like the kind your grandma would eat the Brock's jelly beans. That's that, I like to play it safe with those. Gross. But when you said um, animals, that's the thing about marshmallows is they're not kosher because they're generally made with gelatin, which is made with horses' hooves. Right? Or, or other hooves. Or hooves. Or I've also heard that it's made with their bones and... Yeah, well, that's um, that's why kosher marshmallows are made with fish gelatin, which is still animal parts. Which is still disgusting. But they're not cloven-hooved, you know, non-kosher parts. Okay. Right? Yeah. And you probably couldn't eat my fig jam then because it has jello in it. Oh, I probably couldn't. Can no. You can't eat jello, can you? Or white sugar. 
No. Because that's what's in the fig jam is, is figs and white sugar and um, jello. Yeah, here in the South, I disappoint a lot of people because everybody, like, they always want to feed you. <laughs> like, every person I know is just like, here, Kira, let me feed you. And I'm like, no, thank you. And they're like, I insist. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to punch you in the that. face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's, that's exciting, though. I wish I hadn't thought of jelly bean as the word, but it was a good answer. Thank you. Hmm. Well, uh, I also was thinking about um, Einstein Simplified uh, because of something funny that happened at the show last week. And I'll have to tell you about that after we talk about a venue. Is that why you picked venue? It is. I was saying, I should have thought of it. I know. I was trying to like lead into that like you used to teach me before long, long ago. <laughs> you did a good job. Thanks. Except I, have, I went past it at 90 miles. I missed the exit at 90 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> it's okay. Well, what time is it? Is it time for the commercial? <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, we'll talk about a venue called the Middleburg Barn at Fox Chase Farm. I showed you some pictures. It's beautiful. Isn't it's, it amazing? Yeah, and like the, I found it really interesting how it's built. Mm-hmm. So like the wood, instead of using nails or screws, somehow they have found a way to like take the wood and like connect it. Like yeah, they fit the pieces together. It's called yeah. the, t- the technique is called mortise and tenon. So if I were to Google a picture of that, you would see basically the end of one of the beams has, you know, a shape on it, and then the other beam has a matching hole where the, they fit together. It's like, so they have to craft the barn in such a fashion using these old skills, but it's a new barn. It's five years old. So they did it, they built it from the ground up using the older methods that's time-tested. You know, they looked at, my, my friend Maureen owns it and runs the place, and, uh, you know, she would go to Ireland, and she'd look at these barns that have stood for hundreds of years, 100 years, 200 years. And so she made one that can stand that way. That is cool. Yeah. So, so it's more sturdy. Than oh, yeah. Because I guess that way you don't have, like, any splits or anything. Right. It's exactly. It's, it, the, it all becomes, you know, one giant piece, if you will. Um, and she's got these beautiful wedding receptions and corporate events and all sorts of amazing things happening at the Middleburg Barn where you can rent it out and also enjoy the rustic luxury of the barn but in the setting in the hunt country of Loudoun County, Virginia, um, in, in Middleburg, where yeah, they used to, it's called Fox Chase Farm for a reason, because people would ride, imagine all those people with their fancy outfits on, riding their horses, jumping over things, and going, oh, telly-ho! What's well, like that? Do they catch foxes? In the old days, I think they would. I don't think they do anymore. Good. <laughs> Good for the foxes. <laughs> well, it's fun. This is, here's a side note. There's, I think, maybe now too many foxes in uh, Northern Virginia. There's apparently a rabid fox that uh, bit a senator or a congressman or somebody, and they refer to it as the Senate fox because this rabid fox was just hanging out down at Capitol Hill and um, they had to catch her and euthanize her because she's got rabies. She bit nine people. What in the world? I'm just saying, this so- maybe, maybe bringing back the fox hunting is not that bad of an idea. Maybe not. <laughs> Technically, but, humans are overpopulated, Frank. Oh, come on. On what grounds? You could fit the whole world in the state of Texas if you tried. It would well, be very uncomfortable, but you could. Technically, but like, look at all the... I mean, I'm, I'm not like a crazy person saying that all these bad things should happen. I'm not. Like, <laughs> well, let's t- save that for a second. We'll finish up with Maureen <laughs> okay. and the Middleburg Barn. Because, <laughs> you know, Maureen's a former news producer. She'll be very interested in your theory. Okay. Uh, we contact Maureen at 540-687-5255 or look it up online at themiddleburgbarn.com. They got the um, HVAC system that's uh, cleaned 
with ultraviolet lights. They've got the Couples' Choice Award for weddings. They're just outside Washington, D.C., uh, 25 miles from, uh, 40 miles from Washington, D.C., so it's probably not the same fox. Uh, <laughs> and 25 minutes from Dulles Airport, the Middleburg Barn. Okay. All right, Kara, what? <laughs> There's too many people in your world? There are. So. We live in Tennessee. Where The reason we live in Tennessee is there's elbow room. Not anymore. There's oh. so many Californians and other people just moving here. Like, for us locals, it's hard to find a house because the prices have gone up really high. They have. And, like, I get sad every time I see a beautiful field turn into a subdivision. Well, that is true. When I, when I visited Northern Virginia just last week, I, I, don't, I can't, um, I really don't like driving up there because I don't recognize anything. You know, I have to use the Google Maps the whole time, and mainly my wife was driving around. But we were going out to visit places where her sister lives um, in Ashburn, Virginia. And the whole place is, you know, multifamily houses and shopping centers. And, and it, yeah, and I, like, this is what happened. I don't know anything. And if it's not that, it's these enormous buildings that house the Internet. I talked about this in an episode last week or week before where... The um, the cloud computers are all in these gigantic buildings near Dulles Airport. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But so that does that area seems crowded. So I get back to Tennessee. I'm like, ah, what a relief. Yeah, you know, because it's you, traffic on I-66 is so much worse than I-40. That's true. It's it's still bad though, and I think it is going to keep getting a little worse. Well, the demand. I mean, right, you're right. There are more um, in just in housing in general. People seem to, since the lockdown, be wanting to move maybe out of cities and into suburbs and less populated areas, whether you want a, a yard or whether you want to grow fig trees like, I'm, like yeah. I am in the forest out there, yeah. or whatever the thing is. But you're right, there's the, more and more of the multifamily homes, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what happened. We'd see that in Burbank all the time. Because Burbank is built out. There's no room for anything. So somebody would die or somebody would sell their house and... It would, more likely than not, get torn down and rebuilt into a larger house. Or, if they buy, you know, two property houses next to each other, tear them both down and put up, uh, you know, a, a mini apartment building. Right. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? It is. Like, it's just happening everywhere. Like, if you go out to the Hardin Valley area, yeah, it's like every single time I go out there, there's another subdivision, and then they build the houses, like, three stories high. So, like, you can't really see anything anywhere because there's just houses everywhere. Hmm. So, but you would want to, what kind of house would you want to live in? A cute little cottage, an older house. Yeah. yeah. So, that, well, that's part of the reason that Jerry and I moved to this subdivision is because the, as you look around, I mean, you can tell this is not a new house. This mm-hmm. is an older house. Uh, it's probably, I mean, it's probably Close to 50 years old, this house. Okay. So, but the reason I liked the neighborhood is it's finished. You know, there's no empty lots around, you know, so unless someone were to tear down and, and do a complete rebuild, which I think I found that sweet spot. The houses are young, are new enough that nobody's going to knock one down yet, but old enough that, you know, this is the way it's going to stay, at least for the rest of my time here. Mm-hmm. That's what I, my theory was. Right. So some people like Old North Knoxville for that reason. You, know, you go in there and it's been, the houses are a little smaller and a little closer together because they were built probably, what, in the 30s and 40s? Mm-hmm. Is that what you'd like? I would love that. I mean, I've heard that it's more work to take care of it, but like... Well, old houses are work. 
Yeah, you have to, I mean, but, but so are new houses. I mean, it's true. I wish I had been better about taking care of this house. I'm trying to make up for some lost time, you know. Finally got the gutters replaced, and I thought, what a idiot I was to not get those done sooner because in the long run, you know, they, it costs you more. In like, oh, well, now we have to replace the fascia boards. I'm like, what's the fascia boards? This is the wood that rotted because you didn't get the gutters redone. I'm like, oh, oh it's the wood that the gutters attached to. So you have to, you know, go back and, and it costs more to do it. But now I'm done. I'm like, okay, I got good gutters. I'm, I'm happy. That's good. What about your roof? How's the roof? Well, we had the roof and the gutters done at the same time. Smart, smart man. And they're, they're up there and they're telling me, <laughs> and like, how, they're like, how are you still in this house? How, how did you, do you know what they did before you moved here? They just kept layering on roof, fake roofs on the top what of it. And like, you know, you're supposed to have, this is supposed to be open and this is supposed to connect to this and this is, and yeah, they, they didn't do the roof properly. So they so, halfway did it. And they did it badly, yeah. They just kept laying on new layers to make it look like a new roof. But um, anyway, so that had to get redone. Lazy. So, see, like lazy people. <laughs> well, when you're sometimes, and here's the thing, let the buyer beware. When you're selling a house, or when you're buying a house more likely, you have to watch out. And I, I, we should have had a guy notice that. We, when we had the home inspection, they're like, yep, yeah, you got a roof. <laughs> we should have had a guy say, you know, there's no roof vent. It's fake. They just put a fake roof. They literally took a piece of plastic and put a fake roof vent on the top of your roof uh, to make it look like there's a vent, but it's not. there's no opening like there's supposed to be to let out the humidity. That sounds illegal. <laughs> you would think. Wow. <laughs> so 20, almost 20 years later, um, I got a new roof and got that figured out. But you're still here. You didn't die from it, so. No, no, and things are better. I mean, I, I, you know, what can you do except improve upon that? But when you, do you travel much for business at all? or? I try to stay local because I have a family who's very concerned for my safety. <laughs> and they don't like it when I travel by myself. You need to text them and let you know you're okay. <laughs> they know I'm fine. They, they know you're safe, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking that when you're talking about people coming to Knoxville for for business, moving here, do you think it's because they can work from anywhere? I do, yeah, because um, with all these new houses, like one of the main things that people want is an office space mm-hmm. so that they can go work and then have the house yeah. to themselves. Well, the guy who bought the house behind me, the house behind me was for sale, and it was almost purchased by some Californians. Because I met them at the back fence, you know, they're like, they were asking questions about where the property line was and things like that, which led to a number of changes, including having Steve's Tree Service cut down some trees and then having the fence redone and all these things. That, because this, these Californians were going to move in and put up uh, a fence where they wanted it. So anyway, there was a whole steep ball. I thought these Californians were going to move in. Well, they ended up not. A guy from Powell or something ended up living there. But he, I see him out back. He must work from home because I see him on his back porch working on a computer. And much like I work from home, I mean, I do this job here. and I do the radio job over there. And then in the other room, I do my editing. Nice. <laughs> what? You've got like a whole little... I bet Jerry loves that. <laughs> <laughs> well... I suppose I should consolidate it all into one space. You could. But the reason we do the podcast here is because I have backlighting. Oh. 
See, look at it. You look, look, you look you how beautiful. Look smart. how beautiful you look. See. Thanks. Listen, you glow with that. And then, um, and the reason I do the radio show over in the kitchen is because I like to do it standing up. That makes sense. So the microphone is attached to the counter, that the island, so that I can do that part standing up. Well, what's the difference between standing and sitting? Is this a trick question? Well, <laughs> I mean, no, sitting, we are currently sitting. Yeah. And then if I were to stand, I'd be on my feet. But, like, does it change your voice or something? Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, let, in singing, um, it's very hard to sit and sing. You know, singers generally stand, and their opera singers have to train when the scene requires them to be rolling around on the floor, rolling around on the bed, and still sing or sit and sing. So they, they can do it, but normally when you see a choir, what do they do before they start to sing? They all stand up. Oh. You know, maybe some rock and roll singers will sit there and strum or something like that, but when you're, that's a different thing. And I'm used to working at radio stations where it was a stand-up Operation, so you had to stand to do the show. So it's probably psychological. It's probably that I'm accustomed to doing DJing, you know, classic hits while standing. So it's I just do it that way. Okay. And maybe it's an energy thing. I feel like I can, you know, when I sit and do it, I start to get comfortable. And then it's like, hi, I'm Frank. Here's Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. <laughs> you got to keep that energy. Whereas when I'm, yeah, when I'm standing up, it's like, hey, we're walking on sunshine. It's a beautiful day outside, except for tomorrow. It's going to be dogwood winter. <laughs> How do you talk that fast, Frank? <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm from New York. I'm from New York. I just can't do it. I'm, I'm too Southern. What's, all right, what's the, what's the, you know, what can I say that as fast as possible? What would you, um. You could do a tongue twister. Oh, well, you know I love tongue twisters. Sally Sells, she shall, she shall. My favorite <laughs> is a, um, I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit, upon a slitted sheet I sit. Okay, now say fast. Okay. How, what has it start again? I, I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit, upon a slitted sheet I sit. I slit a sheet, a sheet I slit, upon a slitted sheet I sit. I'm waiting for you to say something wrong. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? No. I, I slid a sheet, could... a sheet I slid upon a slitted sheet I sit. I could easily see how. Well, that's the, that's the fun of it, is the danger, you know, as you're walking the end up to the rope of it there. So I do that when I'm, I like to do that when uh, we're about to film an episode of Scholar's Bowl and all these high school skids are there and they look like they're a little anxious, a little nervous. And I'll say, all right, everybody, let's warm up. We're going to do red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, which is a hard one. You know, for your... And then um, Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. Those are warm-ups, right? <laughs> and then I'll and I'll lay on them with the, you know, I slid a sheet, a sheet I slid upon a slitted sheet I sit. And the, the kid, that's... Well, like, my brain is thinking that you're saying words... That I didn't say. Yes. I hope I said it right. You did. <laughs> well, if, if I, if, unfortunately, I can go back and bleep myself if I made a mistake. That's true. <laughs> I should believe it anyway. Just make you wonder. Yeah, what did Frank Murphy say? What do you think he said? Well, before uh, we wrap up, I want to mention um, your friend Ashley Georgiakopoulos. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we realized that um, it's, it, there's two things I've got in mind here. It's been, you know, almost two years since we've seen each other, really talked to each other, except for commenting on each other's social media posts, right? Right. And when I interviewed Ashley Georgiakopoulos for the PBS show called 
up close with Frank Murphy. Um, you uh, made a lovely comment about the show because she posted the link on Facebook. And I thought, oh, Kira, you made a compliment about Ashley because she's an interesting person and gorgeous. And um, that you, you liked the way I interviewed her and you watched the show, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's all. You've been on my mind. But what re- and um, I've been I'm thinking about that show again because it's time now to film during April we're going to be filming six more episodes that'll run at the end of this year we're talking you know July August September October November December probably next January so the the ones I'm filming now won't be on for a while um, so all of that is forefront but it was actually when you texted me the reason you're sitting here today and the reason you were here last week is because you texted me when you bought a fig. I did, yeah. We were out, my, or I was with my family. We were out shopping at, like, Home Depot, I think. And we saw, like, my mom is obsessed with flowers, with growing vegetables and stuff. And then we came across this section where there were some fig trees. Well, you'll be happy to tell your mom that a fig is actually a flower. Bum, bum, bum! Ah! A fig is not a fruit. A fig is an inverted flower. Wait, what? I said a fig is not a fruit. A fig is, in reality, an inverted flower. So when you eat a fig, you're eating a flower. It's delicious. That makes me feel weird. <laughs> you could eat flowers. You can. You can eat dandelions. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But So anyway, figs are absolutely delicious. I think I mentioned the other day, you know, Jesus loved a good fig. Yeah. He cursed the barren fig tree. So you bought a fig tree. And, and what did you do? You so sweetly, so kindly took a picture of it. And send it to your old friend, Frank. Yeah, I said, look what I got. It's a fig tree. I got this because it made me think of you. Now, my question, though, is, did I overreact? Because at that point, <laughs> go ahead. You're pretty excited. Like, you, you started giving me all these pointers, tips. Unsolicited. All the, it's okay. I appreciate it, all the insight. I, st- I just started texting. I mean, I think I should probably, how, yeah, is it that bad? Let me see. Because, um, let's, yeah, uh, that's a lot of fig information. That is a lot of fig. Oh. He's still scrolling. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Oh, all right. So here, let's, if we start here with the picture of the fig, okay? All the blue parts are my fig comments. Oh, Which oh. Which I didn't mind, That's a though. lot. Because, like, I was there with my mom and dad, and they were taking forever. Yeah. So I was just there with the fig tree, just waiting. Oh, so okay. So I was just filling in. I see what you, you were. Mean. Yeah. So I appreciated it. Well, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to plant it, Frank. Where is it? It's in the living room right now. Okay, and you're uh, giving it lots of light, right? We actually bought two of them. <gasps> and these are uh, brown turkey. Brown turkeys. Which is the same as the kind that I have. I'm expecting them to start gobbling soon, but I haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> I wonder if it's uh, turkey the country or turkey the animal that... Uh, oh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I forgot turkey was a country. <laughs> when you go to the Holy Land Market, where your friend Walter works, mm-hmm. owns, um, he sells Turkish figs that are imported from Turkey. That's a, not a normal thing to get the you know, turkey figs from the, the Middle East. That's where they're from. So he could just start coming to you as a supplier well, with all maybe. the figs you have out once here on I, Fig Row. Once I get them all going, yeah. I've, uh, fig Row, is, you saw a little bit of that, and you saw the more additions that are going to be going into Fig Row. He's probably got 20 figs right now. 
That's an understatement. I didn't show you the ones in the basement. There's more. I didn't. I didn't show. I'm not taking it out of the basement, Kara. You're not gonna. I'm not showing you those ones. Wow. Those in February, I made a bunch of fig cuttings and stuck them all in dirt, just just because. And then uh, when I tried to start to prune big fig, which has gotten too big, um, I just started sticking twigs in the ground. That's what I do. You know. That's such an innocent hobby, Frank. Yes. And some, and some of them will, if I, but if I put a hundred fig sticks into the ground and maybe 10 of them survive, that's pretty good. And that's a very little effort, you know, because I, so I tried this year to make some the hard way, which is cut out in February and put them in the dirt with the rooting compound and put them in a thing and keep them warm in the basement until it's warm enough to put them outside. And now it, it freezes, you got to bring them back inside and don't plant them in the ground until after Mother's Day, blah, 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 blah. all these things, right? That's a lot of things. A lot of things to think about. Whereas I learned from experience that brown turkey figs do fine in this area. They grow like weeds if you let them. So let them be weeds. <laughs> start sticking them in the ground and what I like about them is they take up all the sunshine so no weeds can grow under them oh you know, that you is get, nice so really all you gotta do under, is mulch them underneath because there'll be nothing I'll show you out there there's like a circle of death around the fig tree where the grass can't grow the weeds can't grow nothing can grow because there's no sunshine it's dark so you're telling me that fig trees are not only a flower but yeah. they're also Sunhogs. Well, yeah, they're sunhogs. They're, uh, they're, they'll choke out the weeds, I believe. I mean, if you do it, I'm sure somebody will say, oh, i got weeds under my fig tree. Well, if you let the leaves get big enough, and they'll, they'll eat up all the sun. I learned this at the Children's Museum of Oak Ridge. They had two fig trees side by side. And one of them would prosper, and one of them would fruit, and the other would just be like, Ugh, like this. Mr. Dying. Yeah, because the, the one on the end hogged up all of the sunshine, and the other one just lived in the shadow. It's like... Can you do that again, but more dramatic? <laughs> I'm a dying fig tree. All I need is sun. I have to go outside. This is me taking the sun away. There we go. Is that what you wanted? Thank you. I'll be in an upcoming uh, film for the Knoxville Film Festival. Thank you very much. Mm, nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're just getting warmed up, and I think it's time to actually, uh, yeah, it's, this one ran a little long. It's okay. time, time to wrap, but thank you very much. Thank you, Frank. I've enjoyed being here. You can get in touch with uh, Kira and hire her as your videographer. I felt so, so self-conscious setting up the camera and the microphones when I have a legitimate professional videographer who owns her own business. Nothing rhymes with Orange LLC. I'm just a person, Frank. Well, you're still intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But anyway, we made it through uh, the show. If you can check out our merchandise, we would appreciate that. Frank and Friends show dot com slash store and check out all the different things and you click on the shopping link to take you to teespring uh where you can find anything and if you enjoy audio entertainment and you don't want to look at us that's totally fine uh go to audibletrial.com slash frank and friends show where you can get a free 30-day trial and experience everything that audible has to offer during that time period including the monthly credit for a free download my advice is to go and find the longest audiobook you can get you know, one that's like seven or eight hours, and download that. 
instead of one that's, you know, you can go one that's three hours, but why not get a seven-hour one? Then you can just, like, go on a road trip and yeah. listen to it the whole way there. I mean, it's, unless you've, it's got to be one you like. I mean, it should be something you're interested in hearing. But like murder. Murder. They have podcasts that are, and they have other audio entertainment series like that that are now exclusive to Audible. They're making their own original programming. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's why you want to check it out and see what's on there that will strike your fancy. Plus, most regular podcasts, including ours, we submit our uh, our episodes to Audible, and they're right on there, just alongside the big boys. So you can listen to us on there? Absolutely can. And uh, it syncs with all your devices. So if you're listening on your phone, and then your tablet, then your whatever it is you've got uh, in the car, you know, on the Amazon Alexa, whatever you're using, it keeps your place. You can just switch from one device to the other. Just to mess with it. It's fancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen to it as you go off to bed. And that address, uh, give that address, Kara, while I just breathed in too much of my own saliva. Audibletrial.com <laughs> slash Frank and Friend show. Right there. How about that, me, with the uh, with the consistency? Well, you're a doll. Thank you very much. Happy almost Easter. Thank you. Happy Easter. And I hope you wear this again for Easter. It looks great on I you. I will. I'm going to take my dog's um, doggy Easter egg hunting. Oh, man, well, you'll have to come back and tell, maybe send some pictures okay. and tell us how that went. Because sure um, I'm sure uh, well, at least one of our viewers will vote for you to come back. And that's... <laughs> thank you, thank you. Renee. <laughs> thank you, Renee. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is the Frank and Friends Show. I'm Frank Murphy. And I'm Kira Cup. And we'll talk to you again next time.